What's up, listeners? It's Andrea. Today, it's Home Alone in Space. This episode would have ended really differently if it had been Romulans. And we asked the question, is this episode a must-watch or a hard pass for you? Stay tuned. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek, the next generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we are talking a fan favorite, Season 6, Episode 7, Rascals. This episode was written by Ward Botsford, Diana Botsford, and Michael Piller, and directed by Adam Nimoy, son of Star Trek legend Leonard Nimoy. Bum, bum, bum. I know. I was like, oh, that's so fun. I mean, I don't know if that's a bum, 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 but it is really fun. I did a little bit of reading about Adam Nimoy. He did like assist in some of the directing of um, Star Trek. I think it was The Undiscovered Country. Um, and he was a big fan of Star Trek in general and um, did a bunch of like observing of the directing of TNG and ended up kind of like picking people's brains and stuff and got to um, direct this episode, which I think is super cool. And it's such a fun episode. And well, also, I wanted to say, since you were talking about um, Adam Nimoy, it's really cool that he kind of got into the franchise and was excited about it because that's not always the case with, you know, kids whose parents are celebrities in anything, you know, whether it's medicine or, or music or whatever. Because sometimes they can be really bitter that that thing, you know, took their parents mm-hmm. away. So it's really cool that he that he kind of got into it and is a super fan and yeah. stuff. Like I know um, watching a documentary with the different captains on all the various Star Trek shows, Kate Milgrew, who plays Captain Janeway, her kids despise Star Trek mm. and don't want anything to do with it and don't even want to hear the words because, you know, when she started acting, they stopped allowing kids to come on set. Um, so her kids were not able to come hang out with her on set all day. Really so she was sucks. just gone, you know, these 12, 16 hour days for months, for years. So like, it's really cool that Adam Nimoy got to be a part of it. And my thinking is probably at the time that his dad was acting in the sixties, he was probably able to come on set and hang yeah. out and like, you know, see all the behind the scenes stuff. So that's really cool. Okay. Now to the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, in this episode, the bodies of Captain Picard and three other crew members are reduced to those of 12-year-old children in a transporter accident. When a group of Ferengi pirates boards the Enterprise, the children must work with Commander Riker to take back the ship, all while coming to terms with their newly found youth. Um, what are your initial... Bum, bum, yes, bum. what are your initial oh. thoughts on this one? <laughs> None of these are bum-bum-bums, okay? What are... They're not. They're so not. What are... They're so not. Okay. This one, this episode is such a fun one. It is one of my favorite episodes Me of all too. time. It's probably not like the top, it's not like the top one or two, but man, it's, I don't know, top 10, top 20. Yeah. I don't know. We have a lot of favorite yeah, episodes, do. but it is, this is one of my all time favorite episodes. I am so excited to talk about this one. And I have to say, after finishing the whole episode, I was like, yeah, st- like it still stands. Like I, not one bit of my enjoyment was lost. No. <laughs> Watching it like an 18,000th Absolutely. Time. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, I've always really loved Rascals. It's a really fun episode. I think I also really loved it because when this came out, we were like 12, right? Like we were Mm -hmm. the age that these kids were, right? And they're running around saving Mm -hmm. the ship. And like, you know, all of kids like adventure shows are kids getting to be basically adults, like the fun part of adults. Like you get to like drive cars and commandeer stuff and and not have to ask people for permission to like make an action plan or whatever, right? And like, obviously Mm -hmm. with none of the like, you have to pay bills and whatever 
part of adulting. <laughs> right. But like, right. I just remember seeing myself so much in that role when I was a little kid, like in this episode where I was like, that's 100% what I would do. Like, I would try to save the ship, right? Like, I just loved it so much. <laughs> I did not know. This episode is very famous, but it's also really infamous. A lot. There is a lot of hate for this episode. And I don't totally get it. Like, I was really surprised to hear that because I always thought it was such a fan favorite. And I know it has been a fan favorite for a lot of people, but I think a lot of people who also are not like maybe huge fans of kids, like don't like this episode, but, or maybe just if you're not a kid, like watching it as a kid, this was a favorite episode. And so it's got that nostalgia staying power. However, if I were to watch TNG as an adult, like I started watching it as an Mm -hmm. adult, this would definitely be a throwaway episode for me. I'd be like, oh, it's a whole episode about kids. Yeah. Or kind of like the whole episodes we have about Alexander, you know, when people are like, ah, not Alexander, you know, it's like, I think if I were an adult watching this episode, this would not make my top 10 Mm. or top 20, just because it'd be very unrelatable to me. Like, I think it was cute, but I'd be like, okay, eh." you know, it's kind of like, so what? Versus some of the other more, you know, bigger topics mentioned in episodes. Yeah. Um, But watching, I think it's very much because we watched it as kids and because of that nostalgia power. I still remember how I felt and it's so exciting mm-hmm. to me. It just feels like really like a total adventure, but yeah, I could understand that. I could understand being like, Oh, it's a whole episode where it's just, it's kids doing yeah. kids stuff. <laughs> like that might not be as exciting as some of the other, you know, Lakitas of Borg episodes yeah. that are out there. I guess, I guess I could see that. Like, yeah, it does feel very, very nostalgic because th- this came out when we were kids. So we saw it from the kid perspective, but yeah, there's a lot of people who were like, Oh, not a kid episode, you know? So I see, I see what you mean about that, but I do love this episode so much. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to find so much dislike for this episode. Now, just jumping right in, uh, Ro Laren, in one of the few times we see her at all in season six, um, Keiko, Guinan, and Picard are on their way back from a great little vacation that they had. Like, they all kind of had an individual vacation on this planet. And they're shuttling mm-hmm. back to the Enterprise. And Picard is just talking their ear off about some archaeological dig that he did and some pottery fragments that he found. And everyone else is just doing that thing where you just exchange silent looks because they won't stop talking about, like, pottery stuff or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is really cute because you're like, oh, look, Picard has an outside interest other than, like, starships and being an ambassador. Yes. I just, I think it's okay. It's kind of like, do you remember that episode we had way back in season one when Picard was in the holodeck and he was like riding horses? Yes. Or whatever, and oh, it was God, like his that was so long ago. Was riding those horses. Yeah. And it was like, oh, he rides horses. It just, it's just, it's like a little slice of life to show that he has more aspects to his character. I love mm-hmm. that. And I especially love the looks that everyone's giving each other about him being excited <laughs> about this. They're just like, mm, mm-hmm. still going on about that mm-hmm. pottery fragment, huh? Okay. More pottery, huh? Oh, look, more cute. pottery. I well, I do think it's really cute <laughs> that Picard is nerding out about something beyond like command and Starfleet. So you're totally right. I also think, too, um, I-, I like the line that Guinan said where she's like, you spent a week on the most beautiful planet in the quadrant and you Mm -hmm. spent the whole time in caves and he was like it was really rewarding like where i thought that's really great i did it was yes and i think that is really (laughs) awesome because you know what not everybody's cup of tea is sitting like at the beach reading a book it's just not right like and we learned that in captain's holiday when he went to risa and he was sitting at the poolside with mm -hmm. a book and it did not work for him he ended up in a cave at gunpoint might i add (laughs) And that was right up his alley. Like, he was loving that kind of vacation. He was 100% in for that. He was 100% in. And I was like, okay, then. 
So this opening scene where we see Ro, Keiko, and Guinan was just such a dopamine hit of like happiness for yeah. me because I feel like we have not seen these three characters in years, like years and years. So even if this was like the only time we saw them, which kind of it is, we see them now and then we see them at the yes. end. Um, like that alone, I just was like, oh my gosh, it's Ro. Oh my gosh, it's good. Oh, it's yes. Keiko. Like I wasn't super excited about Keiko, but I just haven't seen her yeah. since she had the since she had the baby in Ten Forward with like wh- whoever was assaulting them at yeah. that time. Miles uh, with the light Miles beams, under like yeah, some sort of light ball, yeah. evil light energy, the, ele- the electricity alien, yeah, ele- and more so electricity like, oh monsters, gosh, I, yeah. Yeah, it's like I haven't seen them in forever. So I am super excited that we get to see them. And I am so happy with who they chose to have this transporter accident, especially Keiko, because Keiko is married and has a child. And I think that just adds different Mm -hmm. dimensions to everyone else who is single and does not have kids. So it just adds different complexities to this problem. It's not just like, oh, it affects my duties. They did really get some great cross sections of like ship life. To have this transporter accident. So, you know, they're all talking in in the Mm -hmm. shuttle bay. The Enterprise calls over. They've received a distress signal from Starfleet science team on LIGO 7. We need to get there now. And they're like, okay, well, we're two minutes away from intercepting with the Enterprise, which I thought was kind of weird because they showed a shot like looking out the view screen and there was no Enterprise anywhere. I was like, are you directly above them? Like, where, where is the Enterprise? Anyway. That was minor. But then suddenly they're hit in this like energy field of some sort and engines and life support have failed. Structure failure is imminent. And, you know, Riker does the thing where he's like, we've got to get them out of there. There's no time. Right. And suddenly O'Brien is like, uh, there's a 40% drop in mass. Like I might've lost one. And he beams them over and they, all four of them survive, but now they're kids. Right. So that's where we're like, oh, crap. Now your kids. And you're right. Like Keiko is a great person to have this experience because you're right. She has to still be a mom and mm-hmm. she can't. And like poor Miles and and a wife. And she absolutely and she can't. absolutely cannot and should not. But like this is one time where I felt really, really bad for Chief O'Brien. You know, I don't super love him. I agree. But he was like, uh, what the F am I supposed to do this my wife is, is now my wife do? is now a child even when she comes to him and hugs him and wants reassurance he does the like awkward pat because he's like i don't want to seem yeah. like a creep like, no, this no, is sweetie. really weird yeah yeah and it's it's all of it's gross and weird but what i love is that they picked her specifically so we could see how could this affect your whole life not just your career which is what we see with picard with roe and guinan which is beautiful we get to see like you know roe revisiting childhood not in a refugee camp, revisiting childhood on the Enterprise with everything at her fingertips. Now she can really like have an experience that's yes. not marred with fear and and lack. And then Guinan, who hasn't been a child in like eight hundred yeah. years, <laughs> gets to gets to enjoy that again. I I just think it was a it was a really good mix. And and um, the only thing that I would say is I, I also felt really bad for O'Brien. But the only thing I will say is that when he was in the transporter room and he was like, oh, the you know the. of the masses has been lost. I think I lost one of them. I was like, I want him to be less calm. Yes. I want him to be more panicked and less professional. He's one of those four people. Because his wife is one of the four. Yeah. I want him to be like, oh my gosh, Keiko, you know, or Mm -hmm. something. But he's just like, oh, looks like I might have lost one. Okay. Well, I was like, "Um, I get we're being professional, but I would like Like, to not. I never thought I would say the term toxic professionalism. (laughs) 
where it's like <laughs> i'm sure we can attach toxic to just just about, about anything <laughs> like obviously there's toxic like negativity but uh, like this is toxic professionalism where beverly's son has been kidnapped and she's like right i've got to do the best i can to get him back I just, I need to do that. I need, you need to save my son. It's like, what? Yeah. Your wife could very well be lost in a transporter accident and you're that calm, Miles. Like, mm, I'm going to say false. Also, also, did you notice when they all beamed in as kids, Picard was like, thank you, Chief O'Brien. One more minute there. And like, we might've, like, we might've been lost. And he kind of trails off because he realizes like his voice sounds different. He looks around, he notices they're all kids. Everybody is in shock except for Ro, who's just kind of like looking at the floor like she's really bored. I was like, hello, you've just (laughs) transported in as a child. And she looks she <laughs> she was she as she says later she was contemplating her situation i guess but i mean girl <laughs> like, you don't start contemplating at second one first you freak out for a minute and then you <laughs> calm down and then you contemplate she was looking as though her souffles did not rise in the oven or she was like oh man yeah <laughs> it's like girl to be fair to be fair if you've ever done a photo shoot with like so i have a huge a huge family and we did a photo shoot years and years ago when all the kids were in town like all the kids were brought in town all the kids and the kids kids and the grandkids were brought in town for a big photo shoot yeah we did we had to break them up by ages because there's so many so it had to be like the oldest grandkids the middle grandkids the youngest grandkids the great grandkids so with the littlest ones you know with a photo shoot you're like look over here so-and-so one more time so-and-so right over here when you're doing all that arranging you just see the other kids who have been smiling in place for six straight minutes like their smile just melts off their face and it turns into a grimace because (laughs) you can't hold it for that long So to be fair, these are all 12-year-old kids acting. They probably have filmed this scene like a thousand times. And in this one shot, when most everybody looked good, she was probably literally bored at that she moment. She probably was. Like, I've been standing here for 67 minutes <laughs> just to You're totally here. You are totally right. No movement. <laughs> she was like, what was I supposed to do? Oh, look, shock, not bored. Right, right. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, so, I mean, I'll give them all the benefit of the doubt on that because they're they're kids. Yeah, you know what? Actually, um, the actress who played young Rolaren, her name is Megan Parlin, and she was just, I feel like she was the most impressive of the whole group. She really was. I was in love with all of them. You know, I really I thought, loved all these kids. I thought, they I were thought Keiko, I thought young Keiko was like really perfect. Like she was Keiko. Ro was Ro. But, like, she was outraged and upset and, like, frustrated and also irritated that nobody else seemed that upset. You know, she's like, what is wrong with you? Let's go. You know, Megan Parlin just crushed it. I didn't love the Guinan actress. I thought she was really condescending most of the time. And Guinan is never condescending, even when she actually does know better. She's like a great therapist. She just sort of guides you to the answer. But I felt that the actress yeah, see, was really really condescending. condescending oh i didn't like i didn't her. never liked i never liked young it. gynan in that in this episode it's just super it didn't feel like gynan i guess to me yeah i had the opposite feeling it felt like gynan to me because she was still talking like very that slow calm like just you know kind of the, the like the what she was saying and the way she was saying it to me felt very much like gynan like gynan in a little kid's body mm. so i did not have that experience of her being condescending I will say I just I loved all the kids. I think they were super adorable. Um, they were I all think really they cute. Just cast it well. I think the whole idea of uh, we're kids. How do we do this as mm-hmm. kids? Was super fun. I guess kind of silly, kind of ridiculous. Like how could kids 
take over the ship, but they did. It had a very home. They saved, they did save the day. I will say as a fun little trivia fact, David Tristan Birkin played little Picard. He also played Rene Picard in season four, episode two family. It's the same actor. And And I was like, look at you, David Tristan Bergen. We're back. We get another like mini Picard, which I thought was great. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they could have easily just picked another British kid. They could have. But they, yeah, no, I loved it. Well, and I think, too, it like makes that like canon so much stronger because you're like, look at the family Mm -hmm. resemblance between like young Picard and Renee Picard. You look just like your uncle. Yeah, it's really cute. Now, in sickbay, Beverly does find that like their DNA was changed. So it made their physical appearance that of like pre-adolescence, but beyond the physical change are exactly who they were moments ago. And Picard is like, great. Um, I don't have time for this. We need to get to LIGO seven. There's some sort of emergency happening. We got to go. Number one, you're with me. <laughs> I love hearing little Picard call him number one. <laughs> That's great. Number one, you're with yes. me. And Riker, like they're all looking around and the whole time that Beverly's talking about what happened to them, they're talking amongst themselves and little Picard has to kind of eavesdrop. Normally they would like talk to him mm-hmm. and he would be included in this conversation. Yeah, he's like, I'm right But because here. he's a kid, yeah, because he's a kid, they are literally talking over his head and talking amongst themselves and he has to chime in with like, okay, well, we got to go, guys. Yeah. We got to go. And they're like looking at each other like, do you want to tell him? Should I tell, should you tell? I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to tell him anything. Are you going to tell him? And then he just like takes Riker and walks away, and they're just standing there looking after him, like, "Who's, who's huh, gonna, how, how are we this gonna manage exactly this? Exactly gonna work." And you see Riker just like looking at him, and then Picard looks at him and he looks away really fast. You know, you're just like, "Oh, this is so I awkward." Know. Riker doesn't want to say like, "Hey, sir." And did you notice they all have to remember to say "sir"? He's like, "Sir," he doesn't want to say, "Hey, sir." Um, you're twelve. So we might need to think this through. Yeah, day? like let's let's take twenty four um, hours and just. <laughs> take a pause process this yeah maybe? no maybe hang but out with of course Troy for a but he wouldn't bit. he wouldn't be picard if he didn't do this like this that's what makes him so picard where he's like all right he goes to the bridge and he starts captaining around and the senior staff just like stare at him they're like who's this kid on the bridge because they don't know this accident. yeah he has to assure everyone that like Beverly is on the case. And in the meantime, let's set a class four probe over the energy field to study it and hightail it to Lego seven. And I love that Beverly comes to talk to him and she's like, buddy, um, your transformation might be the first step to some sort of degenerative disease. We just don't know. Like, I don't want to remove you from active duty, but I think you may need to step down from active duty from the time being, because one your body just went through a tremendous amount of changes, but two, we don't know if this is going to affect your mind or your other like faculties in the near future. So please don't make us like remove you. Like just take a, take a sabbatical, you know? Yeah. And she gets him with this line where she's like, well, you're, you're Jean-Luc Picard. What do you think you should Mm -hmm. do? And then the next thing you know, he's like, fine. He comes out and he's like, Riker, you're in charge from now on. Goodbye. Yeah, You know? And Riker just kind of like looks at Beverly. They're doing these looks the whole time. Yes, this is like, the episode okay. of the looks. Is yeah, what it feels so like. he looks at Beverly like, "Thanks, Bev. <laughs> Thanks for that." Because I yeah, and then she it. finger guns him like, "I got you, buddy." <laughs> like she's like, "I'm uh, and just walks the captain off the time to go to this classroom." But yeah, in meantime, poor Keiko is like trying to tuck Molly in and like read her a story. Keiko's trying to do her Keikoisms. She's trying to like water the plants and. 
make make Miles some coffee and just trying to do the things she normally does in her everyday life as if she wasn't just transformed mm-hmm. into a small child. She can't reach anything. She also, Miles like, is just, just like, sitting on the edge of the couch, like biting his nails and watching her really nervously. Yeah, it's like, mm. yeah. He's feeling extremely awkward. He's like, yep. he's got all the body language of stay away from me. Yes. So Keiko's like watering the plants and, you know, she's making things work. She can't reach. So she gets on a stool. She can't, you know, she's just trying to make it work yep. like nothing. She happened. sure is. Um, and Miles is like, I could use a, and then he says coffee. And I'm pretty sure he was going to say drink <laughs> and then realize she's too little for a drink. So then he's like, coffee, uh, let me get some coffee so he could get away from her and get some space. <laughs> and she's like, I'll get it, Miles, dear. So she goes to get the coffee and he's like, okay, I guess I'll just sit here then. And then she, and then he's like trying to tell her his order and stuff. She's, I know that we've been married for years. Like, I know how you take your coffee. And then when she brings it, he's like, it's, it's hot. Be careful. She's like, Miles. Yes. Like, stop treating me like a child. And he's like, but you are a child. But you're not. So then she, but you're also very much not a child. Yeah. Yeah, she tries to cuddle with him for comfort. And he's like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's when he gets off the couch. He's like, all right, I don't need coffee. I do need a vodka. And no synthahol, thank you. Because this, I need the real this deal. is not working. Yeah. But he doesn't say all that. He just goes, oh, this is kind of weird. He says like the lightest little thing. And she loses it. She's like, "What are you, is our marriage over? Our family's dissolved? Like, she just does this spiral thinking where it's I like, mean, but like, wouldn't I don't you, know, though? but like, you're a kid. You? Like, you just were turned into a kid and you're married and your spouse is like, this is not going to work. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, is it yeah, over? I mean, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you are a kid. Yeah. Things are different. This just happened like five, like minutes five ago. minutes ago. Like I think we you should probably still be in sick bay. Take stock. Yeah, I think you should. You should still be in sick bay. Should still be in sick bay, getting some sort of scan to something or blood test. I don't know, but anyways. So yeah, then then of course you know the baby calls for mom and and Keiko's like I'll do it, baby, and she's like not you. I want my mom. And so then Keiko's like so devastated, and you're just like poor Keiko. Yeah. Like you cannot just slide back into your regular routine. Yeah. Once you've been reduced to a 12 year old, I think it was hardest on her than all of the other mm. crew that were transformed because now she has no place in her I know, life. which is really hard. Really and you rough. know, Ro is feeling the same way where she is doing exactly what I would be doing, where it's like, I just want to be left alone. I need to think. I just need to sit and think and process this right now. And I need to figure out some kind of way to undo this, you know? And like, there must be some way. It's freaking Star Trek. Here's something I don't love is when <laughs> I've always, this is why I didn't love young Guinan as this role. Cause it didn't, to me, the, here's how it did not feel Guinan-y. Um, she comes to, she comes to kind of like hang out with Ro and Ro is like, I don't want any company. Like, I just want to be alone. And she's like, no, you don't. It's like, listen, when I say I want to be left alone, please just respect that and leave me alone. Like, it doesn't matter. But that's literally how they met. With that exact no, I know, and that's how they became friends. No, I know, but, like, after, you know, like, with adult Guinan, she has a way of being like, mm, I don't know if you want to be left alone, because if if so, you wouldn't have come to 10 forward, but Guinan mm-hmm. followed her to her quarters, and so it's like, where else do you want me to go? I am literally in my quarters asking to be left alone, and then Guinan's like, mm, I bet you were a jumper. I bet you jumped on the bed all the time. It's like, can you please... Leave me alone. Do the thing that I've asked and just leave me alone so I can think. But I guess if she did, we wouldn't have this whole scene. But I was like, Guinan, girl, you're a little bit too okay with all of this where she's like, nah, I guess I'm a kid again. 
let's go jump on the bed. And I was like, no, see, even that is weird. Like, even that is weird because that takes a minute to like adjust to where you're like, what the F just happened? See, I felt the exact opposite about that because I felt like her pushing was exactly what Guinan did when they first met, which is why they were friends. And I love that Guinan pulled Ro out of her shell and that she's jumping and giggling on the bed because I don't think there's any reality where she would have done that without Guinan being there. She would have pouted and been miserable, which is her prerogative, until she was finally turned back into an adult. But I feel like Guinan pushed her in a way that allowed her to glimpse her childhood in a different way and access that. Like, she's jumping and giggling. We have never seen Ro mm-hmm. and giggle in ever, nor will we ever see it again, by yeah. the way. She's not a giggler. And she's <laughs> not a not jumper her, either. That's not yeah. her jam. That's not her jam. So I actually love this scene because I was like, oh my gosh, you get to see Ro like laughing and just enjoying life without being so tied to... Um, like duty. being serious. She, just, and, she really yeah. felt... Yeah, and she really felt like lost without her yeah. duty because she felt like, what am I supposed to do? What can I do? And she and she was telling Guinan, work is fun. That's what's fun. And it's False. not really fun, but it's more like <laughs> it gives her it gives her a function. She has purpose, yeah. And yeah, I very much feel like, I don't know about you, but for me, I very much feel like I'm seeing this whole scene, this whole entire scene through my personal lens of how I deal in my world right now. So I don't feel like anyone's kind of like in my space or or pushing me to do things I don't want. But I do feel that sometimes I can be too tied to like work to have fun. Mm-hmm. So this scene, I saw it through those lenses of like, wow, I'm so glad she had a friend who helped her have fun when she would not have had fun on her own otherwise ever, like in a million years. And it was just nice to see her laugh. It was nice to see and guy was very well adjusted. And well, I feel like like, see, I don't, I don't think she was well adjusted. I think she was. To, like there is such a thing as being like you know it's like that toxic positivity where you're like everything is perfect all the time it's like yeah eh. like i think that the normal reaction would have been more like picards or keikos or rose even like they, they're very different people so they had different types of reactions but guinan mm-hmm. just like not having a problem with any of this is like that's also really weird i feel like that's also unhealthy yeah well she did say she had a problem with it she said i do have a problem with it but i can't change it so i'm going to enjoy it so I think it was like a conscious choice of like, this is a situation I can't change. So I'm going to enjoy it instead of focusing on what I right, can Right, but change, like what happens- Which does really lead to What happens, yeah, but also like what happens if it can't get changed back? At some point, you're going to have to deal with that because you just have to, like at some point, like if the transporter can't transport you back, then what do you do? You're just going to be like, well, I guess I can't do anything about it. It's like, that just doesn't feel normal. Yeah, I guess the question is, I guess the question is, what does deal with it look like? Does deal with it mean she has to be depressed? Does deal with it mean she has to be sad? Does deal with it mean she has to be angry? Does deal? So I guess it just depends, like, what does deal with it mean? Because I think that's what, if I said that phrase, like, she needs to, quote unquote, deal with her situation, I would mean she needs to have some kind of really ultra negative experience Mm. and then somehow recover from it and then get back to the point she is right now where she's happy. Um, but is that necessary? I don't know. I mean, I just think that it's not, you know, it's, it's as if like someone passed away and you're like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to like, look on the bright side. It's like, well, okay. At some point you need to process how you feel about this. So I think you're right. Like when you say someone has to deal with their feelings, like it does feel in a way to be like, you need to have some negative emotion, but I think having being completely unbothered by this completely unscripted unasked for like massive change in your life shocking super shocking transformation like you don't feel anything about this other than like 
I'm going to go jump on the bed. I was like, that to me just felt weird where it's like, normally people would be like, okay, oh my gosh, what just happened? Is there a way to go back? She should at the very least have shock. She should have been shocked or something, right? It's like something shocking happens. And she's like, well, I'm Guinan. Nothing ever bothers me, which I don't think is true. (laughs) Like, I think Guinan is like a lovely person, but she's not like, she's not free from like stress or worry or being shocked by anything. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, when all this is happening, Troy goes to pay Picard a visit and see how he's doing, which I thought was really great because this is where you're needed here. He's really practical and he's realizing that like no one will really take him seriously. And Troy is like, well, what about going back to the Academy? Like take another degree. And he was like, what? And be Wesley Crusher's roommate? (sighs) No, you know, but I do love that. He's like, well, I mean, maybe I could do the Academy. But he's like, "Mm, I don't know. I've spent my whole life looking forward this sort of would feel like going backward. And she's like, okay, well, look at this super boring pottery shards that you have on your table. Like maybe you want to spend some time with some archaeology, like take a sabbatical for like five years, 10 years or whatever, like do that. And he was like, maybe, you know, like I thought he was like being very, he was making the best out of a crappy situation, I guess. Like he was upset about it. And then he was like, well, I do have all this time. And he, she says, in a way you're very lucky you have a chance to do what most people only dream about having a second childhood without the pain of growing up again. My question then for you, Sharice is would you do this if you had the opportunity? Would I do what? Make myself. Young yeah. Again? Would, would you transport yourself and be 12 again without the pain of growing up and all the angsty adolescenty stuff? Would you want to like turn back the clock like 20 years? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose this because this is crazy, (laughs) but if this happened, (laughs) like, but if this happened, I would definitely make the most of it because you have the youth, but you also have the experience. And the whole point of growing up is experience Mm -hmm. is you're learning how the world works. You're learning your own preferences. You're learning what you can, you know, do and don't like all these things. That's the point of growing up. And I think going back, I mean, gosh, 12, like I would very much hate to be 12. Yeah. Like I'd probably pick a different age to go back to. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably go back to 20. I was going to say like, can uh, I, can I do, 12? can I do, can I do like 29 again? I'd be, I would be okay with starting at 29 again. Yeah. Can I be old enough to like, you know, vote and have my own place? I yeah. To, which I wouldn't, but I could. <laughs> yeah. Have my own place. Like, you know, some, some, I wouldn't want to be a child, but the idea of going back, rewinding the clock, like 10, 20 years, and then being able to live then with what I know now, I think would be really, really powerful. Yeah. There's so many things that I'd be like, well, now I know I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z that I was so worried about before. Yeah. And I, I think I could do, I would do a lot more. I think, what about you? I think you're, would you, would you go back to 12 if you had the choice? No. Um, and here's why, like uh, with the experience that I have now going back to 12, it's like, yeah, you can have kind of like a childhood over again on your terms, which sounds really nice, but think about how lonely that life is. Like, your friends that are within your same like physical age are not where you're at mentally or emotionally. If you have adult friends, it's kind of awkward and weird to do that. Let's say, you know, you turn back to 12 and you, you you know, you live till like 18 or 17 or 16 and you meet like some 16 year old who wants to be a romantic partner with you. And you're like, but I'm not actually 16. Like, it just feels, I feel like it would be really lonely. If I had a transporter accident. Yeah. Yeah. If I, Mm -hmm. if I had a transporter accident, it sent me back to like 23, 24. Great. I could still have like 
enough use to do all the like fun adventure stuff I like to do without waking up with like hip pain, leg pain, knee pain, foot pain, and all the other stuff I'm starting to wake up with now in my 40s that I'm like, crap, that's like I was thinking about skydiving today and I was like, oh God, I really want to go do that again. And then I was like, yeah, if I hurt my back or something, that's it. (laughs) You know, I have to start thinking about stuff like that now. It's like, which I don't like having to think about. Sucks. I, so I think the consensus is we would both go back if that if this was an option, but we would go back to a time when we were still mm-hmm. adults <laughs> because being a kid is just honestly I remember being a kid it wasn't that great no it just my childhood wasn't super duper awesome but also just being a kid in general was not awesome because you have to ask permission for everything you can't do anything or go anywhere by mm-hmm. yourself you have no money you have no power you have no authority you have no influence you're at the whims and mercy of what adults want to do yep. in your life all the time, all it's day, not, every day. It's just not great. And if I was an adult trapped in that body, that would be extremely frustrating yeah, to me because yeah. it was extremely frustrating when I was a kid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we would both go back to like early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> so be young, teens. but not, nope, nope. not painfully, painfully young. Now, Beverly finds that little Picard's DNA along with the rest of them that were like transformed are, is the same DNA. DNA as like grown up Picards yesterday, with the exception of some nucleic acid sequences that are like responsible for aging. And she was talking about like RVAs. And I actually Googled it because I was like, I've done a bunch of cell and molecular biology, but so many years ago, I Googled it. That's not a thing, but sounds great. No, sounds totally great. I was like, awesome. RVA. She was talking, got I was it. like, I was like, I have multiple degrees in genetics. That's not a thing. <laughs> but it totally sounds like a thing. And when she's show, showing the sequences, uh, that it's just DNA yeah. sequences. That's all she's showing. But the DNA sequences are so pretty. I just love seeing them on the Yeah, panel. how they kind of go by. I love by. DNA sequences yeah. in general. Yeah, they're just, it's just very elegant, beautiful. You know, my mom recently spent a couple of days in the hospital. And so I was there with her. And like, she had, she was in like the new wing that they had like recently opened of this hospital. And I was like, wow, this is really nice. But I just kept thinking, it's just no sick bay. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, you know, and I was like, gosh, can somebody. Where are the L cars? Where are, the, where are the all the L cars? Where's, yes, where's the blue and the red water? Where's the hypo sprays? <laughs> like, where is that bed that looks not very comfortable? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where's that Ikea bed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> floating against the wall. Yeah, you know what? That's so true. I just went to the doctor recently and I got a whole bunch of injections and stuff. Fun. If that could have been a hypo spray, it just would have made life so much easier. Can we get on that? Yeah. People? Like, just to be like, shh, and it's done. No, no, poking, no osmosis. Yeah. Like, that's Amazing. all. That's all we need. Amazing. Anyway, so, you know, it's, she says, I may be able to put input their old DNA sequence into the transporter and bring them back that way. And I was like, cool, let's do that now. But she's like, but I can't do that until we figure out how and why this happened. No, not really. You know, you know how to cure them. It literally takes 10 seconds. Just but, do it right now. And then we won't have this problem. But her, her, her thinking is if we don't know what caused it, that could just happen immediately again. Like we transport them through and then boom, they like are transported back because we don't know. That's true. They could come back as like infants and then you're like F this. Yeah. And that's, that's what Riker said. Like, okay, or we could try that and they come back even younger because we're like, oops, there was a variable we didn't know about. So she has a solution. She just wants to make sure it's going to work before this they is, try this it on is their good only science. four guinea pig. Guinea pig yeah. Pig. I was thinking she space cowboy plants. science. I was like, just try it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, she did try it with the plants. 
So that was, well, she didn't put them in the transporter, but she aged the yeah. plants and found that the plants grew up just fine. Yeah. So she was like, if we do nothing, they will grow up. So that's good to know because it could have been possible where they're stuck at 12. Or forever. it could have been some Benjamin Button where they just get younger until they die or something. And you're like, exactly. Crud. Exactly. Yeah. So we find out they went younger, but they're going to age again. So if we do nothing, it'll actually all be fine. Yeah. Just, you know, their lives are ruined, but they'll they'll live. You know, they won't stay 12 forever <laughs> or get younger and younger. Um, so, yeah, we've got a solution. As soon as we figure out what causes this to happen and we know it's not going to happen again, we'll pop them in the transporter. Yeah, and, again, and then we'll easy bake oven them the until they're adults. Yeah. And can we just give Reg some credit yet again for why he's totally justified in being afraid of Yeah, 100%. Now we're seeing some Enter massively, yeah. <laughs> not only do you have silkworms in the transporter, ugh. you've got, yeah, ugh, I hate that episode. And then you've got this happen. It's like, dang, okay. Now, shuttles forever. Jordy is doing some shuttlecraft CSI. And he's like, hold on. Somehow the molecular structure of everything on the shuttlecraft has been broken down to its constituent parts in this energy field. Like, what is going on? Right? So they're like, okay, let's get this all to, like, some fancy-sounding lab and figure out what's happening. Because, like, he takes a piece of the titanium hull and just crumples it like a like a wafer cracker, like, in his hand. And it's like, oh, that is not good. I was so wondering what that fabric was. Because or what that what that material was because when they looked down at like the hole that was at their feet it looked like egg cartons it is, kind of I did know, like cardboard you know what okay Christmas just passed at the time of this recording and this year uh, I usually make everything for Christmas on my tree and this year I made this like dough out of cornstarch and baking soda and water that you like simmer and stir mm-hmm. and it gets really thick and it becomes a dough you knead it you roll it out and I punched out like two hundred little stars and like strung them up on it on like some twine. And then I had like a thing of stars and I was like, cool. I dried them in the oven for a couple of hours on like a low setting Mm -hmm. so that they like baked solid and I could like stitch them Mm -hmm. on that line. But a few of them, like I was a little bit rough with and they just like crumbled apart. And I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of that where I was like, you could probably make like kind of a dry dehydrated, like dough of some sort. And then you could just crumple Mm -hmm. it or like soap mm. or something that's like fine shaved. I was wondering about that too. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like that baking soda kind of dough or something similar to that, like a salt dough that you could just crunch it. But it was really Ooh, cool. Interesting. That's interesting. my theory, but I really, I have no idea. Um, no, I'm going to say that's true. That's okay. <laughs> now, now <laughs> Dinah and Ro are hanging out and I think this is where she makes her like jump on the bed and stuff. Yeah, this is the jumping okay. on the bed. Part. Also, I just I'm just going to mm. say those beds look so effing uncomfortable. Like, yeah, they terrible. look so bad. We can establish that the entire enterprise was furnished by IKEA. <laughs> now, I do love IKEA cuz you know, you get cheap stuff and you can put it together yourself, super fun, but it ends up being enterprise <laughs> Oh my furniture. god, you're so it right. It is hard. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> it looks very cool and futuristic until you, you sit on it. You don't want to lay on it yeah. or sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to look at it and be like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, so they start jumping on this ridiculously hard bed with absolutely no give whatsoever. Yeah. But maybe that's for the best since the ceiling is directly <laughs> over their heads. So they have this really cute scene of them just giggling and jumping. And we're back in engineering where Jordy's telling them what he discovered about the crumbly dough yeah. part of the hull. And they were like, okay, there was some reversion field that happened. And what happened was that that energy field that the ship ran into masked just specifically those DNA strands. They were oh. they were hidden. So when the transporter reconstituted them, it had no information for that part of them. So it just reconstituted them as kids. So they're like, oh, okay, well then we can definitely just fix it by just putting them in the transporter and out because there's no reversion field 
and Beverly said, as long as there's no reversion field, when we put them through this time, it'll be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but Riker gets called away and he's like, let's talk about this later. And I was like, um, they don't need you to talk about this. They can just do it right now. Like we don't, we don't need a powwow. Like they can just yeah. do it. But anyways, Riker gets called away, goes to the bridge and um, they're like, okay, we're looking for this science vessel that, that disappeared, that sent out a distress call. We're, we're not seeing it. Maybe it's over mm-hmm. here. Maybe it's over there. And then suddenly Worf is like, red alert. There are two Klingon birds of prey that just decloaked and they, these ships start firing on them. Immediately. And in about 3.2, in about 3.2 seconds, life supports down, warp powers off, shields are down and they're being boarded. Yeah. And I was like, holy moly, like the enterprise is looking really weak. Yeah. And they continue (laughs) to do so. They continue to look this week, like throughout a bunch of the series where it's kind of like the wharf effect where it's like, it's totally, you know, like, Oh, this ship is so state of the art. It's the best of the everything. And then it's like, like immediately down by like two phases. It's like one shot and it's down. It's a one shot and you're dead. Now, um, did you notice that little Picard sees the red alert? He's in his quarters and he rushes to close his book before heading to the bridge. <laughs> Cause he didn't want to lose his place. I mean, yeah, exactly. yeah no, he shut the book. Like the book was open. I was like, buddy, um, I don't think there's any dust on the enterprise. You don't have to worry about like anything happening to the book, but I was like, okay, whatever. And they're like, we're being boarded. Right. But it's not the Klingons. It's the Ferengi. And like, a, which makes no makes sense. No sense. Where you're like, like, where the F did what? they get to Klingon? How ships? did you get this right? And in the very last second, thank goodness, Riker is like, computer, shut down command. You know, option Riker, Omega, lock out yeah. command codes. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh dear God. Now, little Picard is found in the turbo lift and is like thrown into daycare with the little kids, which does allow him a chance to meet and strategize with like Ro. And even like Guinan and Keiko and everybody, right? And and Guinan is like, take a look around, Jean-Luc. We're not adults. We look like kids. We might as well start thinking like kids and acting like kids to like solve this problem, you know? Um, which I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, because you're not going to get very far behaving like an adult in this situation. Right. You're just not, you know? We've established no one will take you seriously. No one is taking you yeah. seriously. So let's not even try to use that particular tool. Yeah. Um, so the Ferengi start beaming all able-bodied adults down to the planet's yep. surface. But they keep Riker because he's the one who locked out the command code. So he's the one they need to unlock the command codes. So the the Ferengi head, Damon Loren, is like, basically <laughs> he basically he threatens Riker like every two seconds like we're gonna start executing the crew we're gonna start killing the crew we're gonna start killing people yeah. <laughs> to get Riker to do what he wants and it actually as I'm, th- as I'm saying it right now it reminds me of that episode in season one when we see Picard's stargazer which gets kidnapped yes. by the frame yes. or whatever and they're like turn it up to level 10 up to level 10 up yes. again to level 10 <laughs> and you're like haven't we done level 10 like eight times? It's like, it's like when somebody's whipping like. somebody at gunpoint in a movie and they keep cocking the pistol like they're about to shoot. But it's like, but yes. it was already cocked. Yes. Like, Wasn't it cocked like four yeah. times ago? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, cocked it again. You're like, okay. Oh, I don't think you guys know how guns work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the serious Did you keep uncocked? So I'll just wait for you to turn it back off and then... I and think then it'll be fine. Talk right? it again when you want to prove your point. Yeah. But yeah, Damon, <laughs> like Damon is like, yeah, we're going to send everybody, you know, everybody we sent. We're going to kill everyone. We're going to start killing people. We're going to kill them for real, Riker. If you don't unlock it. And Riker's just like, no. <laughs> and then five minutes later, Riker, you better unlock it or we're going to start killing people. No. <laughs> I, maybe you should call his bluff. I don't know. Because I don't think anybody's really believing you, Damon. 
You're over here obsessing about the goldfish tank and stuff. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's taking you seriously either. <laughs> I did see him trying to get to that lionfish, and I was like, just yeah. so you know, buddy, that's extremely poisonous. So you shan't be eating that. But okay. All right. <laughs> also, I'm not worried about you eating that because you don't even know how to open the goddamn thing. So, like, good luck. He's just like <laughs> the lionfish is safe. Yeah, the lionfish is like sticking his tongue out from like the other side of the glass, like neener, neener, <laughs> neener. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're kids now. But you know, Picard is struggling with the classroom computer and Ro was like, wait a minute, there's a Jeffrey's tube that leads straight straight to the kids room, which does not seem safe. Um, and Picard and Keiko find like Alexander, he's playing with like this little RC car that looks really cool. And I really want that. And he's, yeah, he's cool. like, can I borrow this? And I love that Alexander's like, yes, sir. Like, he's just so excited to be like on the same level kind of as the captain. And isn't it fun to see Alexander again? It is. Like, I feel and like he's everybody being, was in this And episode. he's being really cute and not a like a little kid. stinker. And you're like, okay, see, this is really adorable. Um, and they take his little RC car and lead the Ferengi away, you know, um, while they sneak into the transporter, the transporter and grab phasers mm-hmm. and stuff. And like... And, and do some tippy typing on yeah, the pad to yeah, the transporter boop, 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 to do something. I got the phasers. Let's go. Yeah. And like Alexander gets into it. Like he, he like... S- sets a Ferengi to like chase after him, but he like doubles back and takes some hypo sprays from sick bay. And I was like, hell yeah, Alexander's getting in on the shenanigans. This is great. You know, and Roe and Guinan are crawling through the Jeffrey's tube. And I love that like little Picard throws a tantrum and he's like, I want to see my father. Let me see my father. And the Ferengi Ferengi is a hundred percent me where it's like, oh my God, what do I have to do to get this kid to shut up? So he takes him to Riker. The Ferengi is not at all me. I'd be like, if you don't, I would snatch him up, throw him back in that room and lock that door. (laughs) He could throw a tantrum all he wants. From in there. why it's good I'm not a parent. (laughs) He could throw his tantrum all he wants. It wouldn't bother me at all. You know what? You're right. <laughs> it me at You're all. right. You are super right. If I was a yeah. Ferengi taking over I the feel, ship. I'd be I like, computer, dampen kid. sound. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or just like computer lock door. Yeah. Doop, doop. And just like, who cares? Who, like, who even yeah. cares? Why is he even standing guard with the kids? Why are they even ha- There's yeah. so many questions. But <laughs> this works great for Picard. is like, there's only one way I can think to get to the bridge. And I don't, I'm not going to like it. And this is his one yes. thought was to throw a tantrum. The tantrum totally works. In the next scene, you see the Ferengi toss him into the observation lounge. With Riker. To where Riker's with Riker. And Riker's staring at him like, what's going on? And then little Picard is like, father! He goes, and runs Dad. over and hugs him. And you're like, is anyone wondering why his son has a has a British accent? But he Or also know. a Starfleet like, uniform well, with four pips on it and a working comm badge. Like, that's a hell of a cosplay, little Picard. It sure is. <laughs> So anyways, they hug and Riker's just like, son, uh, okay. Hey, because you're my um, number have, one dad. <laughs> yeah, they have this great conversation in code where he's like, can't you just turn on the computers in the kids' we're room bored. because we're so bored? And Riker's like, wink, wink, got it. And I love these moments. These moments where they have, where they're talking in code and you see there's so many things passing between them. Yeah. In plain sight, but the other person can't see it. I love, love, love these moments. So Riker gets the message. They take little Picard back to the schoolroom, toss him back in. And then the away team is back there and they're like, Captain, report, you know? And he's all like, everything worked well. We'll have the computers on in a minute. So then the Damon pulls Riker back into the ready room and is like, I just found out that your son is on board. If you don't release the codes, we're going to start killing the children, starting with your son. So this is like death threat number 16. (laughs) And Riker's like, 
okay, I guess I'll get, I'll do it this time. But really he's only doing it because Picard asked him to. And he's like, and you're going to tell, um, what's his name? Mordok or something mm-hmm. like that. You're going to tell him Morda. You're going to tell Morda exactly how to do the controls. And he's like, all right, I'll tell him exactly how to work the entire enterprise. I love how he goes, three anything to course. not hurt my son. <laughs> it's like, cool. <laughs> Sounds legit. Sounds totally like believable. Okay, fine. Yeah. So this, okay. This is one of my favorite scenes of all. It's like my top 10 favorite scenes of all of Star Trek. When Riker is like, Technology BSing, like you yeah. know, with Morda, and Morda is so with confused. All this now, here's mm-hmm. the thing this is what I love about this scene so much is that all the technology we have ever heard is totally made up, right? Phase inducers, mm-hmm. dilithium crystals, all of that, right? But mm-hmm. like, it has so much world yeah. building to Warp it Warp. that, like, we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now they're giving us just as made up words, but we know that they're complete BS, which I think is so brilliant. <laughs> They're made up words that feel more yeah, made up. Yeah, because they sound more made up where they're like, the Fabian transducer hypoconduit. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Don't touch that. <laughs> it's like, it's just so great. So I've got a little snippet of the scene to play because it's just so much fun. Here is Riker trying to pull the wool over Morda's eyes while he secretly unlocks the kid's computer code um, so that Picard can access the computer. Okay, Morda. The Enterprise computer system is controlled by three primary main processor cores, cross-linked with redundant Melacort's Ramistat 14 kiloquad interface modules. The core element is based on an FTL nanoprocessor with 25 bilateral kilolactrals, with 20 of those being slaved into the primary Heisenfram terminal. Now, you do know what a bilateral kilolactral is. Well, of course I do, human. I am not stupid. <laughs> All of these when he goes, don't touch that. Don't touch that. That'll overload everything. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> and he uses, like, I just wrote my notes, pride comes before a fall, because he knows how proud the Ferengi yes. are. So he purposefully uses all this techno babble and then and then looks at him like, you get it, right? You know what that is, so right? So that will be like, I understand, human. I'm not stupid. Just say it again and explain it a little slower. You know, but it's because he's so prideful that he can't be like, wait, that sounds totally made up. Or like, (laughs) I don't understand anything you're saying. He can't say that with his pride, right? So he has to be like, yeah, I think I got it. But say it one more time. And Riker says it again, totally making it up the whole way. The hypo-parietal, you know, yeah. He just comes up with all these words. Like, he just comes up with all of these, like, nonsense bibble babble words and they're hysterical now what i'm very impressed by is not only is he mentally able to like keep the steady stream of just bs coming out of his mouth that sounds believable enough but he's also without looking hitting buttons to like allow the command lockout to be overridden in the kids schoolroom eight and it's like how did you manage to do that that is impressive now if the command lockout cool. works you know the, the kids are ready they have the little RC car um, that the Ferengi picked up and put in the transporter. They put um, comm badges on the front and back of it. So the second you touch anything, it's like a little bumper. The comm badge is activated and they're transported mm-hmm. out. So that Ferengi um, gets transported from inside the transporter room to on the transporter pad. But the transporter pad has a force field around it. Force field so around he it. can't mm-hmm. get off the pad. And so... And it's a security force field, and it's got the weapons deactivation yes. that transporters always yes. do. 
So even if they p- bring weapons with them into the transporter, they will not going to work. So they can't like blast the beam and get back it's out. It's not going to work they at all. They're just totally trapped, which is just It's so, so freaking cool. And like Ro and Guinan like sneak up behind some Ferengi who are looking at the warp core. And this is the kind of Ro is becoming that kid part where they go... <laughs> You know, before they like go yeah. tag, you're it, and then they tag. run away. Yeah. And as the Frankie turn, they're transported away. And then I love that Keiko just like, pew, like hyper hypo sprays some dude, <laughs> like takes him out. Right, and then just puts the hype and just puts the combat on him, and just like pushes it. Yeah, him. and then Alexander comes out of the schoolroom to the guard, the guard for the schoolroom, <laughs> and goes, "I found this. Is this yours?" And he's like, "What?" And he hands it to him, and it's a combat. So as soon as he picks it up, he pushes it. And then yeah, he did gets you transported. Like, Alexander, so Alexander had the combat in his hand. Like he had his fingers around it, like a little cage. So it couldn't push on yes, them. So you couldn't see what so, it was. So, yes. Yeah. Like I couldn't see what it was. And so when the Ferengi grabs it, his, just the pressure in his it hand, automatically it pushed automatically pushed it. Pushed it. Mm-hmm. So now it's, it's worked. I love this. This is super fun. It's like home alone in space. In space. Right. Mm-hmm. Now the Ferengi are trapped on the transporter pad with a force field around it. The only one that's the it's only two Ferengis left on the bridge. So Riker Klingon punches one of them, like the double fisted punch. Yes. And- when so Picard comes onto the bridge suddenly, yeah. and they both turn to be like, what the? And as soon as Riker sees Picard, the Ferengi's back is turned because mm-hmm. he's looking at Picard all confused. So that's when Riker Klingon punches mm-hmm. him. It's like he that was the perfect distraction that he needed. And he just like falls all out. I mean, this is a great hit. It was. Like, also, Riker like, is not side, a small dude. Down. He's a big, <laughs> strapping T-bone steak of a man. Like he just put some force into that thing. And that Ferengi went down like an omelet. Arm, like just like pure. Like you just couldn't stand yeah. on your own at all. He, he totally did. And then instead of Riker going in to take out uh the yeah. Damon, who you think he would. Picard does it because this was his plan and this is his, his ship. ship. So he walks in as little Picard holding nothing but a phaser. And then he lifts the phaser slowly. And he's like, I believe you're sitting in my chair. It's just cool. such a great line. Cool. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. So good. And like, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. And I lost this. I don't know what just happened or where this kid came from or why he has a weapon. <laughs> Doesn't matter who. Weapon, All I know is so I'm dang out. It. Yeah. Dang it. I think I lost. I guess I lost. <laughs> right. So the day is saved. And I guess they've handled all of that and have brought everybody back up from the surface and saved the science yeah, station. Yeah, Picard gives like a one a one line sentence of the whole day is saved. They turned them into the Ferengi Alliance. The Ferengi Alliance had no idea they were out here stealing. Sure, ships they didn't. Con- sure, they didn't. Enslaving people. I mean, I don't think they did, but I also don't think they'd be like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also wonder what kind. Of, I I wonder what kind of like laws they would even have because their laws are all about acquisition. So like maybe they took the birds of prey. I don't know. Anyways, they got handled. They they got the the science vessel team, mm-hmm. like that whole crew. They beamed them off the planet. They stopped the mining operations. They got the crew back. All is well. The only thing left to do is try out Beverly's miracle mm-hmm. cure. Of using the transport. Yeah, Dr. Beverly's Miracle Cure. And they put Picard on the transport pad. They do the transport magic and he comes back as the Picard that we know and love. And I love that when he was turned into a kid, it took him a minute to like get used to having hair again. And it was kind of funny Uh to see old Picard like kind of swiping his like pate and being like, oh, that's gone. That was fun while that lasted. Yep. Yes, I'm back to normal. Now, everything, <laughs> you know, it works. So it works. Now, the only one left is Ro, who we see, she's kind of decided to hold off on 
doing the transport magic for just maybe a few more hours. And we find her back in the classroom and she's drawing a picture of her mother and her mother looks astoundingly like Rolaren, which I was like, oh, it's a great picture. Whoever did that artwork, A plus. It's magical. Um, And I love that Guinan goes, you know, she's an adult and she's like, so it's your turn. And Rose like, do I have to? She's like, no, not if you don't want to. Like, it's there whenever you're ready. Like, you can be a kid for another day or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. like transporter's not going anywhere. Transporter's not going anywhere. Out if you want. And Rose like, oh, okay, I guess I can know, be a like, kid for a little bit. Oh, for crying out loud! You're like, good. I'm glad. Finally, like, I was just really, I was just really happy to see her have a normal child moment. Yes, because she didn't have a great childhood. Just to have a moment, just a moment. Yeah, just an hour, two hours, whatever of just like coloring. Which also, really which simple. also, I feel like now that we know what happened. You could replicate that, right? That could be a vacation right there where people are like, great, I'm bringing money, I'm bringing whatever, even just going to the holodeck, like I want to do the transport thing where it makes me a kid for like a day or a weekend where I can just be a kid and have all kid energy and kid like treat to you know, because like as we get older, our bodies, like we just get tired more easily and we don't have like that endless supply of energy that little kids do. Um, but I wonder if that would have some like deleterious effects like that accumulate over time by doing that transporter back and forth. No, science science magic. Science not. magic. But I feel like that would be pretty It'd awesome be like- because if you ended up growing up like Ro or like Tasha Yar, like yeah. who had like really horrific childhoods, like you can go back and like experience life as a child again for a little bit at a time or like on your schedule of convenience. I feel like that'd be really, really awesome. And if Beverly knows how to like age them down and age you back up she could age you down to like 25 that'd be so sweet she could age you to whatever yeah, to whatever. Yeah, whatever you know that's a really good point that i never thought about that you could do since we're talking about technology in the future where where it's potentially limitless mm-hmm. opportunities a type of vacation a type of shore leave could be going into the past or even to the future mm-hmm. right like of what you think the future would be and you could program the computer to make projections yeah. but you know going into the past and reliving your childhood or moments or just being a kid again and doing new stuff yeah. with a grown-up mind, you could even probably change your mind to like your childhood mind during mm-hmm. the time period and really, you know, and do some kind of way where you can remember what happened yeah. and create new memories, which is really a create a really wild thought. I think if it was a vacation, if it was a vacation, I'd be more open to it. I still am very averse to being a child. <laughs> what? I just do not see a lot of benefits in that. So I think you're you're one of those people who was never really a child child, you know, like I'm kind of Rolaren. You kind of are Rolaren, but maybe without the refugee camp part, but like, yeah, minus the refugee camp part, but like some people you and like another one of our mutual friends is like very, she was always an adult since she was born. Right. Um, where I have always been a kid at heart. I'm still a huge kid at heart. Um, I don't like adulting that much. <laughs> it's not that there are aspects that I really love about my life that, you know, I, that are, that come with being an adult where it's like, I have my house the way I like it. I do what I want on my schedule, like right now, because it's winter break. And it's just a few days after Christmas when we recorded this as a teacher, I have like another 10 days of break where I'm like, cool, I can do whatever I want. And that might include just waking up late, going to bed late, watching movies, eating junk food, just whatever I want. Like there is which is literally being which a is kid. being a kid, which is being a kid, <laughs> yeah. right? Except like you're not at the whims, you know. If you did this as like a retreat in the future, everybody knows you're adults, but you're just doing a kid retreat. So it's like 
you're not at the whims and mercies of like mm-hmm. whatever adults feel like doing or dragging you anywhere. Money is now not an issue at all. Like mm-hmm. it's awesome. It's really cool. So anyway, I feel like that would be really awesome. Um, but I feel like we should do a poll on Instagram. Adult I'm gonna put kid. that up actually as a poll. Let us know what you guys think. That poll is up now on our Instagram stories at the TNG podcast. Come check it out. Sharice, what are your final thoughts on this episode before we fully wrap? Yeah, this this one is just such a fun, feel-good episode. And it, to me, it has just enough sci-fi elements to make it feel like a legit Star Trek episode. So I love this one so, so much. And I'm a little bit sad it's over. What are your final thoughts? You know, I'm kind of with you on that. But something I never actually thought of um tng like the enterprise has always built itself as like the flagship being served by the best of the best but the success of the Mm -hmm. kids isn't really due to the kids having such a great plan it's just that the adults are just so stupid and dumb (laughs) 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 it's like the kids it's it's home alone it is home alone in space the adults are so dumb that a kid can easily like outmaneuver them them, right and that's why like had this also let's think about Klingons and Romulans and Cardassians, that's a whole different story. Ferengis, not that hard to outsmart, right? But, like, had this been, like, a Cardassian takeover? Oh, hell no. There's no kid on Earth that would have been able to, like, save would have. They would have airlocked those kids like, before they immediately. transferred a single adult to the yeah. planet. Yeah. They would have been like, oh, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> so that so, would have been a really, really short yeah. episode. Anyway. It would have. And a sad one. <laughs> on that note, thank you guys so much for nerding out with us. Next week is going to be so much fun. We are breaking down season six, episode eight, A Fistful of Datas. Woo, that's one of my favorites. I know, I know. I can't wait to break it down. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.